Are you ready for season two of Discography? I'm your host, Mark with a C, and Discography is a show where we look at a great artist through the lens of only their canon albums of first release material to see who they really are and how it all stacks up. And you should know that for season two, we will be discussing the albums by the one, the only, Janet Jackson. Singer, songwriter, dancer, actress, a household name, one of the biggest stars the Western world has ever known, and though she sold over 100 million records worldwide, few have really poured through her canonical albums to see how they stack up. From her unsung early recordings to the genre-defining albums Rhythm Nation and Velvet Rope all the way to 2015's Unbreakable, we're taking the deepest dive into Janet Jackson's studio records one can possibly imagine. Season 2 of Discography premieres on July 17th, 2018, only on Consequence Podcast Network. Consequence Podcast Network. Welcome to Consequence of Sound, the podcast. This feed is home to all your favorite Consequence of Sound editorial content turned into bite-sized podcasts for the music fan on the go who wants to stay in the know. Most often, it's home to album reviews as well as features like track-by-track and artist interviews. Well, Lollapalooza just happened, and as a result, we've got a whole host of artist interviews from on-site at Lollapalooza. So join us as we discuss the history of this revered festival and defining performances with artists old and new to the Lollapalooza stage. First up, we're going to be talking with Chromio, but I'll let Editor-in-Chief Mike Rothman do the introductions. All right, festival goers, this is Michael Rothman, editor-in-chief of Consequence of Sound. We're here live at Lollapalooza, and I'm sitting next to my pal Tyler Clark, senior writer at Consequence of Sound. Tyler, introduce yourself, even though I just hey, did. Uh, yeah, hey, I'm, I'm Tyler. I'm the guy that Mike, uh, he just said my name. Yeah, so, so yeah. here he is. But we got a really special guest. We got one of my favorite acts in the entire world, an act that I've lost so much sweat over the years, multiple heart attacks, Go, gone crazy with them. We've got Chromio here. Hello. What's up? If you can introduce yourselves to I'm our Pete listeners. from Chromio. I'm Dave One from Chromio. Awesome, awesome. Now, you two are Lala veterans. You've played here a bunch of times. I've yeah. seen you a bunch of times. I've been under the influence a lot of times watching you guys <laughs> here. It, I've had some of my MVP sets happen to be yours. Um, this has been a crazy year for Lollapalooza, though, and I feel like this is, you know, in a, in a sense, it feels like almost like it's like full pop metamorphosis. And I just wanted to know if you, you know, if you two have some sort of thoughts on that, if that's something that you might have noticed over, you know, coming into this year. Uh, you know, we've got Bruno Mars. Um, we got, I mean, I mean the, there seems to be the, you know, the all, weekend. All the, all the festivals are like that now. Yeah. yeah. Compared to Coachella, to me, this is still a hipster festival. You think it's, yeah, oh, really? Yeah. So what do you, what do you what is the edge that you feel like that has that this might not have with the, some of the other festivals or do you do, what what makes it Lollapalooza to you this year still? You know? I mean at least like I, I don't know I mean I, I think what you're describing applies to obviously a lot yeah but um, there's so many acts on this bill and there's still you still have like your kind of indie royalty sprinkled in there you know you yeah. got Vampire Weekend's comeback show. In full jam band glory. Yeah, the seriously. So that you, was were, you, wild. you saw them last night. Yeah, I worked on that album. So was there any 
moment where you thought maybe you guys would kind of play together last night or um no because we we had a, a bunch of gigs yesterday so we couldn't really yeah. make that work but, okay okay um but yeah I, like you said like this one's more chill it's not as many influencers and backstage you know what i mean like yeah some of those are hectic yeah yeah, yeah. And you've been playing like the festivals for for years. I mean, you've been playing this festival for years. Totally. Um, how do you keep it up? Like, what what is what is something that I mean? Obviously, you have the new album, but yeah. when you come into you know, say like when you actually go into like the the bigger name festivals like Lollapalooza, is there something that you do with the set that you kind of cater to it? That you're like, this is an you know an established historic festival. Let's come in here with something different, or is it just kind of like we're just gonna roll in? I mean, we we put together a show that's kind of like a greatest hits set with yeah. all the new singles but then all the chromio classics quote unquote so we feel like that's gives people a good representation of what the band is but for fans such as yourself that have been like around for a minute you'll hear all the songs yeah. that yeah. you remember it's it's you know yeah but in terms of presentation we sort of play every single festival and show as if we're playing for the Pope so yeah you know it's It's pretty much like the same thing. We just change the set list or, hope, you know, sometimes... We add some new songs. Add some new songs, yeah. I mean, well, Pope, Pope Francis looks like he could get down, so, yeah. I mean, that's probably a good... Yes, he's the first one. Um, another storyline that I've been following um, before Lollapalooza and sort of throughout the weekend in the sets that I've been catching um, is some of the uh, the sort of criticism and I think also like the changing um, uh, sort of attitude that we're seeing in festival bookers in terms of um, booking uh, women and female acts. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, there's been... Uh, criticism of some of the big festivals this year this has also been one of the years where you know some festivals have gotten together and said you know like by 2020 we're gonna be booking a like you know gender equitable lineup where it's gonna be 50 50 yeah. um and you know i feel like I've, i've talked to a lot of female artists about this this year but i mean uh, i haven't really asked anybody uh, who's played on the festival scene for as long as you guys have just so like i don't know if you have any any thoughts about that and, or any thoughts about like how things are moving in terms of like the you know that aspect of how festivals are changing that's cool with us i mean that that makes sense it should be it should have been like that you know but um the other aspect the other change that you guys talked about is definitely something we've noticed more um and also a big change is in the festival demographic like i was talking about that with somebody earlier like at govball in new york like the average age was like 15 you yeah. know what i mean it, yeah. it, it was it was prom it's yeah. prom so obviously There, were, there are going to have to be different festivals that are not like stagecoach, you know, Neil Young, Tom Petty, but that are, that are like catering to like a late 20-something, mid, early to mid-30-somethings who want to go see music, who love music, but who are not necessarily going to go to a festival that's sort of dominated by... Bozzy and little Uzi Vert fans. Yeah. Not that there's anything wrong with those acts, nor their fans. I'm just saying there's like a difference in demographic there. So, you know, obviously like a band like the Yeah Yeah Yeahs could benefit more probably for, from a festival that's like a little more catered yeah. to their to their lane. Whereas before that, they were the festival lane. Yeah. 
that, yeah. that's one thing we noticed that's different. Whoa. Yeah. What I what I noticed specifically to Lala, you were talking about other, you know, mo- a lot of festivals becoming a little more pop. It feels like Lollapalooza has become more of a a city festival. Yeah. With all groups of age, as opposed to pop festival with you know the same you, way that Coachella changed. Because you got you got everything here. You got yeah. like you know you got the national. You got Vampire Weekend. You got jam bands. You got Dua Lipa. You got. I mean, but at the end of the day, the crowd size for Post Malone. That's that's what it's what's kind of surprising yeah. this year is that you know because like when we went to go see the national, oh is it Friday night right? Yeah. Yeah. The, I mean the crowd. I heard about that. The crowd wasn't even beyond the sound tent. Whereas like on opposite side where. Our, you know, Bruno Mars was, and I was at that one, I could hardly move. And I just wonder, do they go all in and just do the the kind of top 40 pop thing? And that's like the, you know, the new thing that they're going to kind of connect to that generation. But then then what's the difference between this and like the iHeart Festival? I know. Or like, you know, Jingle Balls, you you know what I mean? Like, I guess there is, we are in a weird transitional phase in music in general. And I I think what's going to have to happen is somebody's going to say, how much importance do we want to give to algorithms and streaming when we book a festival? Yeah. Are we going to keep kind of an editorial thing or is it just going to be dictated by who's got the most streams? Yeah. You know. Bright lights, TV screen, feels like looking at a magazine. You are on the floor, feels like dancing is the way to go. Well, you bring up a good point with like the, the kind of like more niche festivals thing. Yeah. One of the things that we've been kind of one of the narratives we've been doing is just the boutique festival. Yeah. And like, you know, you have even like the curators coming in and, you know, you have artists that are making their own festivals like Justin Vernon or yep. even David Lynch, <laughs> yep. which is crazy. I think he has like Francis Ford Coppola screening Jack at his festival, which is crazy. But yeah, uh, but I, I wonder if that's I think that it might be the solution. But then what happened? The tentpole ones, I guess it's just different from when 10 years ago, you know, when you were playing, I think it was 08 that you played uh, yeah. here also. And like that year was just I mean, the headliners are low the range was crazy. Um, but it was like, but I remember like, we were like, okay, we're playing before Hot Chip. Yeah. And that was, the, that was, that was the narrative then. But you know, like there's one, for instance, I mean, we, we'll play it all. Yeah. Is the thing. And we'll keep, you know, our band, we're sort of like chameleons anyway. I was going to say so that. We yeah. could do luck out in that. We could do the EDM ones. We could do the, 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 you know, crustier jammy ones. We can still do the popular ones. We'll do it all. Yeah. But like there's a, one example of a really cool boutique festival is um, Crossed. Fest in San Diego. Yeah. And that is like funky dance music. You know, it's like Rufus the Soul, Us, um, Chris Lake, Duke Dumont, The Magician. It's that kind of, I guess what would what would have been called maybe Bloghouse 10, 15 years ago, but now is just kind of like the funkier, non-obnoxious electronic music. Yeah. And that's cool. Yeah. You know? And oh, it's totally. packed. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I think that like just thinking about this right now like uh, something that you said earlier about how you guys can sort of play you fit in in a lot of different places and you know with a lot of different types of music and I think that's one of the big strengths of of your music is that you know you draw from such um, appealing and broad um, influences so kind of combining that with the idea of the like the rise of the boutique festival and the artist curated festival if if you guys were starting a, a chromeo fest like who would your like three headliners be right now right now it would be it would be um the internet Ooh. thundercat 
Yes. But w- let's not put us. <laughs> okay. So let's not. Let's sure. Not put us. You're not gonna have like a three-hour set. <laughs> no, we would. We would. We would. Yeah. But let's let's not mention like it sounds. <laughs> Anderson Pack. Anderson Pack. Oh yeah. The internet. Thundercat. Um, who else is funky? It's out now. After party with Steve Steve Lacey. Oh man. Hell yeah. Where um, is this happening? Um, Minneapolis. Oh, I like that. Yeah. And maybe maybe you could uh, rope out a uh, Paul Westerberg to come out. Yeah, like, Paul, Paul Westerberg DJ set. Paul yeah. Westerberg DJ set with like Prince covers or something like that. And then yeah. who else would be? Yeah, that that would be like a oh, uh, that would be a relevant one. That's a chic in the afternoon. Yeah, chic in the afternoon. Totally late like after late afternoon. We're not going to do them dirty. Sunset. Yeah, sunset. Yeah. What do you what do you what do you think about the the festival that has, you know, you obviously have the standard festival where we come into a park. Yes. But then there are some that are like that, that have taken rise, have taken different venues. It's almost like the conference South by Southwest approach. As a musician, what is more ideal for you? You can't tell. You know what's a great festival that we played this year? Yeah. Um, Firefly. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's in Delaware, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Middle of nowhere. Yeah. Like deep Joe Biden territory. <laughs> in fact, the train station is the Joe Biden station. No, do they have a statue outside with them? Or now, but he goes there apparently once a week just oh, to hang. Oh, weird. Um, or at least, yeah, but he's like washing his car and just you know just uh, talking to people. Yeah, um, <laughs> that one was really amazing. Yeah, and that one felt like people were just there to party no matter what. Yeah, that was refreshing. I thought. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. but even. Electric Forest was crazy, and that was fun. Yeah, that was cool, too. That reminded us of, like, kind of, like, um, mid-2000s, you know, the disco, Camp Bisco vibes. Yeah. No, I ain't spending the night alone. Always lying up, he's dressing. Tell me why you keep me guessing. I wish I'd have learned my lesson, but I wanted you. Yeah, I wanted you. Well, that was another thing. It's because, like, we, I was just talking about that uh, walking by Perry's the other day, like, the other day, yesterday. And it seems like the crowds there, I mean, they're still wild and they're still, like, 12-year, 15-year-olds just puking at 1 p.m. in the afternoon. And you're like, oh, my God, it's only Thursday. But, like, it seems as if, like, that sort of movement almost is kind of fading a little bit. And it may be they're maybe it's blended into because maybe that influence of electronic and EDM has blended into almost like the, the more popular artists yeah. and now they're actually coming back on they're onto the main stage so it's almost mm. like it seems as if it's more ubiquitous as opposed to being relegated to one stage but there's less EDMs at festivals in general I mean you still yeah. have the heavy hitters obviously Zed yeah. you know uh, Zed is everywhere and like a couple of other ones but there's less EDM than when we were last touring on, in 2014 oh absolutely when every stage had three DJs you know was that beneficial yeah. to you at the time? Sure. Yeah. Yeah, because we could we we could ride that wave. Yeah. Um, you know, we we adapt every time. It's just every album we put out, every cycle we put out is a different adventure, and it's a different moment in music. Well, you. I mean, you got, you got, oh, I was just to say, like, uh, you know, speaking to that for a minute, you know, you're 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 bringing the new record out into the festival scene, you know, for the first time this summer. Yeah. Uh, driving some of that some of that music. What. Um, you know how has that process been for you because i know that like on this one this was a very collaborative record this was something that i mean i think that was something that you guys were were sort of deliberately doing like so how has that spirit i guess like translated into such a gigantic setting and like how like what's the reaction been the songs work really well yeah yeah because it's also like our hookiest record you know what i mean like the hooks are really so not you know not to i'm not bragging it's just description (laughs) Like yeah. it's not doesn't mean it's better but yeah. it, the hooks are very immediate 
so they connect fast. Even though, even though you know, someone might not have heard the song, but the second time we go, I must have been there when I met you. Okay, cool, I got it. You know, so <laughs> in that respect, it works really well. Yeah. Well, P, P right? Am yeah. I right? totally. Can I get some validation? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it, it's it's interesting because like, you know. I recall it was kind of like a rainier day the last time. I, I think I saw you was in 2014 here. And then I was actually here for 20, 2008. For, I, so I've been at every one of your shows here at Lala. Nice. And I wondered, you know, and I have my own memories, but what about you? I mean, do you. The do one you, where I took my shirt off. Oh, yeah. Remember that oh, one? Oh, yeah, that yeah, was, right? Yeah. That was 08. That was, uh, so that was around the time. Oh, my God. So. That was like peak Lala, I feel like at that point, because I mean, that, that was that, that huge, was the that coolest huge Lala. Yeah. That was like Radiohead and Nine Inch Nails Rage Against and the Machine. Rage Against. I mean, it was insane. Like, what happens if Radiohead plays Lala now? I wonder. Well, that would if, if it's Radiohead headlining up against, uh, you know, Gambino. I wonder. I think people. I think Gambino wins out. I mean, they came here. A, I think it was two years ago for a Moonshape poll. It was twenty. Yeah, it was twenty sixteen. And the crowd was not as big as when it was in 2008 for In Rainbows. And it was, I mean, it wasn't like depressing because it's Radiohead, they're gonna be right. fine. But you could definitely tell that, tell that there was like a noticeably shift that was going on, yeah. you know? And over the, the past few times that you've been playing, what is your what is your memories with the crowd have been like specifically at this festival? Do you I mean are there even like even just, some backstage stuff, hanging out with artists? Like what, I just remember know? a more specific crowd that would, that would be at every stage at yeah. the same time. And like I said earlier, today it's most it's a really wide range of ages and yeah. and demographic. Yeah, you know, it's almost like the food festival. What is it yeah. called again? Taste of Chicago. Yeah, yeah it's almost like that. Yeah, like, that's how I see it. That's how I feel it when I go out there. And it's it's almost very emblematic of like the Spotify culture in a way. Totally, you know? totally. Like totally. I mean, people are just going out there, just like seeing what they want to see. They're browsing. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's a the physical representation yeah. of that. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So it makes me wonder. So it makes me wonder, like, can the eclectic lineup still work in that way, you know, or is it just I, I too so. small? It's just tough because, like, I think it's what we were saying before is, like, it's like at one point there needs to be some kind of curatorial intervention because otherwise you're just going to you're just going to end up with what you described yesterday with the national, which is like those guys are a massive band. Yeah. But their audience is like, I'm not going to come here. It's too it's too young and it's too pop, you yeah. know. And and national can out ticket anybody. Yeah, it's interesting. We'll see. It's interesting. Yeah, it's a it's, a, sure. it's a pivotal time. Oh, yeah. totally. I mean, you know, in the in the age of playlists, is every festival gonna become one playlist of the same style? Like, are are we gonna compartmentalize yeah. festivals, or right. are we gonna keep? Is it gonna be today's top hits, or it's gonna be genre yeah. by genre? Yeah. Don't know what's happening. Now, I wonder something, uh, and I've always wondered how this affects performers, and I'm excited to get a chance to ask you guys in particular. Uh, I feel like here at Lollapalooza, especially, like, with Chicago weather being what it is, you either get... It's either a mud year or a dust year. Totally. And this has definitely been a dust, dust year. Yeah. And so I wonder, like, does that... I would assume the answer is yes, but I, I'm, I'm excited to hear your thoughts. Like, how does the, like, the weather affect the work that you guys do? Like, do you, have, do you find that you have to, like, work harder in a certain climate? Like, is it if it's raining, you have to, like, bring it a little more? Or you have to, like, get people pumped if it's hot? Like, what's the... 
I don't know if there, or maybe maybe that's not even a or to keep yourself going. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, the only stuff we've done when it's raining was actually easier because people get yeah. completely euphoric in the rain, and it looks like a Boys to Men video. Yeah, <laughs> it does. And when it's <laughs> and when it's hot, it's just like uh, we're sweating. We're kind of like not moving too fast. Yeah. People are tired, so. Yeah. It's hard, it's hard to get asses moving while it's, yeah. while yeah. it's 95 degrees out. Yeah. Seriously, especially for dance music, which is yeah. just... I mean, if you have a lethargic crowd, does that affect your performance as well? We just try to bump yeah. them up. Just keep yeah. going. Just keep, what is, what, what, in the past, if you could recall, what was the toughest crowd that you think you probably played where you walked off being like, Jesus Christ. Too many. Oh, Too many? Yeah. <laughs> oh, really? That seems, that seems wild to me, though, because I mean, you we guys play are so, so many festivals. Yeah, that's... Well, so if the festival, I guess, you know, one of our last questions, though, let's say there's been a lot of talk about the festival bubble bursting, yada, yada, yada. It's going to be gone. It's not going to happen. But if it were to be gone, would it, re- I mean, how would that affect you as musicians? Would, it, would you just have to just be like, well, we're going to go on a tour in ourselves. It's just, or do you, is there an economy that's going to be missed? There's an economy. Yeah. yeah. Let's not yeah. think about that. Yeah. Let's, <laughs> okay. let's not, uh, let's not go there. Yeah. Okay. I don't think it's going to happen, but you know, let's not go there. I don't either, but yeah, it, was just one, either. it was one of those things where I'm like, do you, well, I mean, do you prefer touring to venues or to, to, to festivals or what, what's your preference? It's like, it's exactly like, I'm going to say the worst analogy on earth. <laughs> it's exactly like investing in stocks and investing in bonds. One of them is, wow. ris- one of them is riskier. <laughs> one of them is riskier. One of them is a sure value. It's a little more like you either play it safe or you go the risky route, but you could get better return, better, bigger returns. Long term. By the way, I'm a, I'm a socialist. Um, I don't I even. Too. Yeah. So I, I'm. I don't, maybe I'm just using the language of the oppressor here, but I don't know why that came to me. Um, but yeah, you. The ideal thing is that you need a portfolio of yeah. both. Well, you've just slicked back your hair, and now you're going to start, you know, regurgitating dialogue from Wall Street. And you know, we've got Gordon Gecko here on the on the microphone. Tyler, do you got anything else? No, I mean, I think uh, I think I'm gonna hustle out of here and go catch you guys set. So. Yeah, all right. <laughs> guys, thanks for having us. Thanks for all the support. Thank we love you. you guys. We, we love, love you guys. We love your website. We could have had a whole um, other conversation on music blogs, by the way. Oh, that is oh, true. And, and the future of those well, next time, because yeah. that that future is very uncertain. <laughs> yeah, and so. we and by the way, we owe all our career to music blogs and music blogging. So, interesting times indeed. Absolutely. All right, guys. Thank you all so right. much. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Well, that's it. We're uh, closing the gates on Lollapalooza. And uh, I'm ready to go home and take a cold shower. I'm going to sleep for a thousand hours. Yeah, I'm out of here. Later. But if you're down, all we're going to have is room service. Stay tuned for more artist interviews from Lollapalooza all week long. And if you enjoyed this episode, please let us know via Apple Podcasts or Podchaser. On Apple Podcasts, you can hop on, leave us a five-star review, and if you got some thoughts to share with us, why not write us a review? And on Podchaser, you can not only rate and review this series, Consequence of Sound, but you could also rate and review this specific episode to make sure more Chromio fans can find this interview. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you very soon with an all-new episode of Consequence of Sound. Consequence Podcast Network.